Today is week three, week three of Last Chance You. And I just want y'all to know that it took everything in me today not to come out with some M&M. Some of y'all are like, what's M&M? And why are you going? Some of y'all don't understand. That's okay. It's still hard for me. I'm really struggling not rapping right now. You only get one shot to not miss your chance to blow. The opportunity comes once in a lifetime. You better Okay. Y'all need to get saved. I could I knew it was coming. I knew it. I knew with our church. That makes me proud. I knew with our church over half of y'all would know what I was talking about. <laughs> I really did. I really thought about like I couldn't figure out how I could come down from the rafters, but I wanted to do like I wanted to do smoke. <laughs> Knees, weak, arms. Okay. Anyway, my ADD is going to kick in and then we'll never get done. But whenever I see one more shot, and, and when I was preparing this series um, with the staff and going through it and praying through it, I, this just felt right in the middle of the series. And the reason is it, it's a two-way street, right? It's a two-way street because I feel like in my own life sometimes after I screw it up real bad, all right, I better get this crap together because I only get, everybody say it? One more shot. But earlier this week when I was preparing and getting ready to do this message, I felt a 180 degree shift from that. I felt like that wasn't the angle I was supposed to take. So if this doesn't apply to you, I'm blaming Jesus, <laughs> right? Because I really, really in my heart knew that this was the direction God wanted me to go. And I don't know if it's for one person or for 10 people, but we're going to go there today. If you've got children, and I don't know if you do or not. I know some of you do. I can see Kendrick does, my boy that I grew up with because he's got them with him, right? And I can see um, some of your children sitting down here. Praise the Lord for y'all. I love y'all. And I can, I, so I know some of your children, but I don't know if everybody's got kids. But I know this. Parents, y'all better not stay quiet because I am not the only one that has said this. How many of y'all know the feeling that you've told your kids something? It ain't twice, right? It's dozens of times. And you've set groundwork. You've set rules. You've set up more rules. You've set up rules on top of rules so that the rules can dictate the rules. And then they don't do it. So you say, you're going to get this right. You've got... One more chance to do this, or else I'm going to take away, or I'm going to do, does anybody know what I'm talking about, parents? Y'all better not say quiet. That's the most response I've ever gotten in a message in my entire life. I knew y'all would know what I was talking about. We say that all the time, and sometimes we really do mean it. Like, we've got a puppy right now. Some of y'all say, oh, y'all want it? Because I'm going to tell you right now, at 3 in the morning when poo-poo's coming out of the crate, it ain't all. That's the second most response I've ever gotten. It was my wife. She said, talk about it. I mean, it's awful. And we feel like we've looked at this animal several times and gone, you've got one more shot. That's a lie. Because you just clean it up and then she, sw then she kisses you, leaky, leaky, and everything's happy but I'll be doggone. It's terrible. In life, 
One more shot feels like what I give out so many times. And then there's funny parts to our kids, and it's really frustrating sometimes for real because you feel like you've shown the right way, and then they just keep doing it over and over. But then there's people in your life that you're estranged from because they really did mess it up that one time. They really did do those things to you that was so deep and so hurtful that there's no way for me to understand how deep it was or how hurtful it really was. For some of you, it's your parents. Because you haven't talked to your parents in years because of what he or she did to you. For some of you, it was a former coworker that you thought you'd run with forever and they ended up hurting you and cheating you out of something. For some of you, it's siblings that y'all were thick as thieves growing up. It was, we were like peas and carrots. <laughs> huh? That was pretty good. Y'all got to give me credit for that one. My name's Forrest, Forrest Gump. And you thought you and Jenna would run together forever, right? And then all of a sudden, she's off in the far country. And you're still trying to do your thing. And it's been like a growth on you for years because you haven't been able to figure out why is this this way? Why do I feel this way? Why, why is it that I told them they only had one more shot and they didn't listen to me? How many of y'all know the feeling when they didn't listen to you? Come on, somebody. How many of y'all know the feeling? Y'all better, y'all are, some of y'all are lying that didn't raise your hand. Because we all know the feeling. And we've said this before. Why aren't they listening? You know what's funny? I'm just going to take a break from this tension-filled second and say, I feel this feeling. I look at people's lives that are falling apart, and I go, why aren't they listening? Do they not see that they only get one shot? Do they not, can they not feel the tension of they, they're going to screw this thing up so bad? And in this conversation that I have with me, I never include me in this conversation. Like I never include the fact that somebody else feels the way about me that I feel about somebody else. It's not necessarily that, I, that that person that I feel that about feels that about me, but it's somebody that does because they look at me and go, why hasn't he seen the way he's filling the blank, whatever it is? And the reality is it's because if I could see what you see about me, I wouldn't operate the way that I do. Because I have eyes that go out, not eyes that go in naturally. I don't like the mirror. I've said this before many times, but some of y'all have never heard it. I don't spend hours in front of the mirror in the morning. Huh? I know some of y'all don't understand what I'm saying, so let me explain it to you. It's a, it's a splash and go with me. I mean, I, actually, this is my mirror. Does it look all right? All right, good. <laughs> That's my wife, if y'all don't know. She looks at it and says, yeah, you good. Because I'm, I'm not trying to spend a lot of time primping and making sure that this look, there's only so much you can do with what you got to work with. I'm not saying, don't get upset. I'm not saying that I, it's whatever. I'm just saying <laughs> I don't care that much. But in some times of my life, 
I should spend more time thinking about the man in the mirror. I, mean, I just want you to consider for one second before I move on how much time we spend stressing about the way other people should be living their lives. How other people hurt you. How other people should have done something in response to whatever happened differently. They should have done better. They should have done different. It, they are my entire problem. Does anybody know what I'm talking about in here? Y'all are allowed to talk. And so this is the word of the day. Forgive or forgiveness. I don't like this message. Wouldn't it be easier if we could just say, instead of forgive, forget them. Just forget them. Forget about it, right? Get out of here. Bob, that's a shout out to you and Ellen. I just wanted to give you a shout out. Wouldn't it be easier? Wouldn't it be easier if Jesus had never really said what he said because I know a pastor shouldn't say that. A pastor's supposed to say, the words of Jesus make perfect sense, and it's real easy to do what he said. It's not. That's a lie. Like if, we, if we believe that going through the words of Jesus makes life more simple, uh, y'all might be reading a different Bible than I'm reading. Because simple is this, deuces, you ain't worth it. <laughs> oh, you said what? Oh, I'll show you. Because the natural me wants to just say, forget you. But in this series, I've been trying to teach you principles of the kingdom. And I just want to show you something interesting in Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7 says, judge not and you won't be judged. Stop. That does not mean eternal judgment, just so you know. Everybody's getting judged in all of eternity. If you don't know Jesus, you ain't going to heaven. Is everybody awake? This isn't like a, oh, I didn't judge anybody on earth, Lord. I get to go to heaven. Uh, survey says no. If you don't know me, we'll holler at you later. If you're awake, say yes. yes. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Again, earth, earthly principle. And by the way, second side note for this right here. Did you know that nobody, and I've said this a couple weeks ago, but I just think I need to keep beating this drum. Did you know you don't go to hell because you sin? Apparently, y'all don't or do, and I can't tell because y'all are looking at me like you've seen a ghost. Did you know you don't go to hell because you sin? You can say it, yes or no. I heard that. <laughs> Unbelief is what causes people to go to hell, not sin. Sin separates me from God here, here and now. But unbelief is what separates me from God for all of eternity. And if you have unbelief in your heart, and you choose to never trust Jesus as Savior, you don't get the gift of salvation and eternal life. Is everybody okay? So, so far we've got judge not and you won't be judged, condemn not and you, and, and then watch this, forgive and you will be forgiven. forgiven. And then this is interesting, give and it will be given to you. This is absolutely about money, but guess what? It's about everything. It's about everything. Parents, I'm just going to, I just feel the freedom to do this, so I'm going to do it. Mom, if you constantly give lip to dad, and you're mad that your teenage daughter's giving lip to you, give, and it will be given to, I'm going to say that again because seven of you said it, give, and it will be given to, don't get mad at her because she's doing what you did. 
It's okay if it's quiet. You know what I love? I love when parents say to me, I just can't understand why Sally is doing them things. She's out partying. And I want to say, so-and-so, ma'am, didn't you just tell her in a conversation I was listening to you say that you was out partying, but you don't understand how Sally's partying and she watched you party and this says give and it will be given to you. You don't have to believe in Jesus to know this is true. Who's talking to me in here? Say yes. I'm just telling you right now. Y'all can get upset with me because I see a couple of y'all are squirming like this, like y'all are playing a game right now, but it's true. And you don't have to believe this principle, but I'm telling you, give, and it will be given to you. And then what's it say? Shake and press down, running over. And so that means with the measure that I give, that I use it, it will be measured back to me. And this is what stinks about this truth. This is an amazing truth. I love to preach this truth because I love to say, yes, it will be given to you. Praise the name of the Lord, except when I'm being judgmental. Because being judgmental will come back on me. Whatever I give will be given to me. Now, here's why I put it in the middle, because, right in the beginning, because forgiveness is measured back to me. And so when I'm looking at you saying you only get one shot, I'm only worried about what you need to give me, not worried about what I've given out. And so here's the reason I think we don't like to forgive. I think that we believe the lies of forgiveness. And I just want to teach you those for just a second. And then we're going to land on the way it, excuse me, the way it should be today. And I'm not going to ask y'all if y'all are good with that because I got the microphone. So y'all are going to be, come on somebody. So forgiveness does not mean to forget. How many of y'all don't lie to me because all of y'all have? So I'm just going to go ahead and say, yes, y'all are going to agree with me. How many of y'all have heard forgive and forget? Forgive and forget. Mark, you just ought to forgive and forget. We've heard it our whole lives. Someone took something from us when you were in the second grade. Right? You had a nice eraser. And you liked it. Y'all, some of y'all remember it. I know I can see y'all's faces. Y'all remember that eraser. And that bully in your class stole it from you. And because so-and-so didn't want to deal with it, they said... Just forgive and forgive. No. I want my Clifford the Red Dog eraser back. Huh? Some of y'all remember. I love that red dog. And I did have a Clifford Red Dog eraser. Y'all can judge me if you want to. Jesus' name. It does not work. How many of y'all know this does not work? I mean, we've been told it our whole lives, but it doesn't work. This is what's interesting. Forgive and forget is not what the Bible says we're supposed to do, and it's not what the Bible says Jesus does do. I've heard so many times preachers say, God forgets all your sins. Well, check this out. This is an interesting thing about God. One of the attributes of our Lord is that he is omnipotent and omniscient. Excuse me is the word. Omnipotent is all-powerful. Omniscient, meaning he knows everything. He is all-knowing. So let me ask you a question. If God knows everything, how can he forget something? 
I'm gonna just hold the mic out until y'all figure out that I want you to talk. Come on, somebody. If God knows everything, can he forget anything? Absolutely not. So we've been either lied to or misinformed or they didn't really know what they were saying, but that ain't true. Someone say, that ain't true. That ain't true. He does not forget, but I will show you what he does do. Isaiah 43 says, I, I, he, God, who blots out all your sins, transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sin. That does not say forget. It says, I will on purpose choose to not remember. Now, let me tell y'all something interesting. The word remember or remembrance in the Greek, like, you know, when Jesus said, take this bread, take this cup, do this in, what's the word? Remembrance. Look at this. It's the word amnesis, like amnesia. That's where we get the English word amnesia. And it means deliberate recollection. When you have amnesia, you cannot recall. Are y'all with me? And so, so this is all that forgiveness is. Forgiveness is not choosing to or, or having the ability to forget because that's like saying you should be supernatural and all of a sudden you just have to. How many of y'all know this? I just feel like the ADD just kicked in and it's the Holy Ghost. How many of y'all know that if I ask you to tell me what you ate for lunch on Wednesday, y'all be like, oh my gosh. Wednesday. And three of you remember because y'all are freak shows and you remember everything. But most of us can't remember what time we did what this week, right? But if I told you, do not forget, you better, you, or, or, excuse me, try that again. That was easy for me to say. If I ask you to forget that I'm thinking about pink and purple dinosaurs running through a forest, pink and purple dinosaurs running through a forest, y'all forget that I ever said it. Pink and purple dinosaurs running through the forest, forget that I ever said it. Right now you're thinking, why in the world is he saying pink and purple dinosaurs running through a forest? It's hard to forget what you're told to forget. Don't look at it. It's a wreck, right? Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Just forget you ever saw it. Well, I can't. You told me to forget it. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That's the problem. Is once it's branded in there, so, so listen. The thing that you want to forget that's a hurt, somebody needs to hear this right now. This ain't what you had for lunch. This is a deep wound that you've had in your life that you said they get one more shot. And it's because you want to forget it, but it is hard to forget what is branded and wounded. I can't forget the fact that I had an accident that caused me this massive scar on my elbow and a weird scar on my shoulder that separated my shoulder and messed up everything. I can't forget that. It's impossible. But I don't bring it up every day. Are you with me? You have scars in your life that tell your story in Christ Jesus. That is not a bad thing. It becomes a bad thing when you choose to deliberately recollect about it. The reason many of you are in jail in your own life is because you're playing it out in your mind rather than letting it be released. But that does not mean you have to forget it. It does not mean you can forget it. And it does not even mean you're supposed to forget it. It means forgiveness, that you choose not to bring it back up every day and play it out in your mind as if it's something that you can overcome. Only Jesus can overcome these things. So number one, forgive does not mean forget because you ain't going to forget those big things in your life. The second one is, forgiveness is not lying. 
say, what do you mean, pastor? Forgiveness is not lying. I don't know that I was taught this. I think it's something that we catch because we feel like in our lives we should feel good about everybody. I might be standing on an island for real here, so I'm not going to ask you to talk. But I'm just going to be honest, and then maybe y'all can catch it, what I'm saying. Y'all know the feeling of seeing people that you really don't want to see? And you know that you're a Christian, so you're supposed to love them. So you try to put on the fakey-smakey like you really like them. Oh, praise God, bless God, praise the Lord. I just, it's so good to see you. How's everything in your life? Well, good. And the whole time you're just thinking, I feel like I'm going to throw up and I wish you'd walk away. I didn't think I was alone, but I was going to check. I don't know why it is that we feel like we have to lie. Or that we think that God is honored by the fact that we're syrupy liars in the grocery store. Or we hide in aisle five because we want to make sure that they don't see us and we like dive down. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You saw the person, I'm getting ahead in this message, but you've seen the person that you forgave a while ago, but you, I don't know why it is that we think that we've got to lie. I feel like all of a sudden because we hear a message on forgiveness that we should feel a total release about what took place. Here's what lying is. Lying is having to say that what they did to you was okay. Listen to me. If you've been wronged in your life, godly forgiveness is not looking out and saying, it's okay. It's okay. Watch this. We say this. All is, say it. All is forgiven, right? All is forgiven. It's all good. It ain't all good. Someone say, stop lying. I need to stop lying to me about this because here's what I do. When I let words come out of my mouth, that is not really what I think in my heart. I'm creating this dichotomy, this craziness of I don't really believe it, but I'm going to try to lie to myself enough to where I will believe it eventually, and it doesn't make it better. It actually creates this thing inside of me where I'm living a war inside of my own self that ain't true. And until I'm willing to shut my mouth and let the Lord heal me, and know that I can forgive you and still not like what you did. And still not want to go to your house for barbecue and still feel okay about that. That I'm going to live a lie. Because I will live the lie of believing that I have to be okay with what you did to me. And as a result, I'll never really forgive you because I'll keep picking it back up every day. And then I'll beat myself up. And this is the cycle that a bunch of us are on. I'll keep beating myself up going, but I forgave him, God. Do I, da, da, da. This is crazy. I just want to remind you of one verse. Never avenge yourself. You don't have to make it right, whatever happened to you, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. Because give, and it will be given to you. Watch this. If someone is out to get you, and they're being nasty to you, you do not have to like them. But if you try to repay them evil for evil, God can't do it on your behalf when you do it. And here's what you do. You take the power of the principle of the reap and sow the harvest. 
and you put it in your hands as if you're God. That's what I do all the time. And I don't even consider that this principle, I'm working against God. But if I, you don't have to lie to them, you don't have to give them a gift every time. Don't try to buy forgiveness. Maybe this is what you needed to hear today. Don't try to buy forgiveness. Stop buying gifts for people that you hate. Hoping that you can buy your way out of getting, maybe they'll like me again. Who cares? Look at your neighbor and say, who cares? Who cares if they like you? God did not call us to be liked. He actually said, brother's going to fight against brother for my name's sake. So if I need the whole world to like me, I ain't doing nothing for God. I guess I ain't talking to nobody today. Can't get no help. And then this is the last one, and I think this is the most important part of the message. If you hadn't paid attention yet, pay attention now, because I'm going back to Target right now. So y'all just watch. Forgive me. Someone say process. I'm just walking through Target, right? The only reason I'm at Target is because Leah makes me. I like Walmart. It's cheaper. Hmm. Just telling you the truth. Pally, say amen. But I'm at Target because Leah. And we're walking through. And we see JoJo. I don't know who it is, so I'm just going to call somebody. JoJo. Now, JoJo's been mad at me for three years, and I can't figure out why. But every time I see JoJo, it looks like I got three horns on my head. So it's awkward. Basically, let me just tell y'all, if anybody leave, if you're a pastor and anybody leaves the church, you can be best friends, but they, it, it's like you got the plague. And this is what happens. It can be either me or them, but this is the game. Someone say process. process. The game. Oh, snap. And then you duck down like you needed some dog food and you ain't got a dog. <laughs> I can tell y'all know what I'm talking about here. Everybody does it. And then you think this to yourself because in your prayer time with the Lord, two weeks ago, you said, God, forgive them. I love them. I forgive them. And then you thought to yourself, praise God, I'm done with that one. Huh? Y'all know what I'm talking about? How many of y'all know the feeling of when you've said this word? I forgave them a long time ago. Don't lie now. Everybody should say yes. That's what's interesting about this. Peter is, is like my spirit animal, okay? I just need y'all to know. In the Bible, if I have a spirit animal, it's Peter because this dude's dumb and crazy and full of himself, and he had to go through all kinds of crazy to get to where he was supposed to go. And even when he got where he was supposed to go, he still had knocks in the head. I get it, Peter, me and you. Someday I'm going to talk to you in heaven because I get it. And so Peter, trying to impress everybody, also get that one, goes up to Jesus and said, Lord, how often should I forgive <laughs> the people that mess up? I really only want to give them one shot. But I'm going to impress you by saying seven, because that's a lot. And Jesus says, I do not say seven. But and in your translation of the Bible, it might say 70 times seven, because that's what I grew up hearing. But it actually, in this one, in ESV, it says 77 times. Let me just translate that for you. Keep on forgiving over and over and over and over. That number is not an exact thing. So if you try to keep a tally and you're married, <laughs> Keith and Katie just got married. Y'all have already hit 77, right? Come on. Because this isn't about like, all right, Leah, you at 74. <laughs> 
And then I'm going to read some of these scriptures, but I just kind of wanted to tell the story today. Because I know it well and I've preached it before. But Jesus is so interesting because Jesus always would take what we asked. And I feel like we would have had the same questions. I've been dealing with this cat for a long time, Jesus, and I've forgiven him as many as seven times. So what should I do? And then he says, the kingdom may be compared to a king who wished to settle an account with his servants. And one of them was brought to him that owed 10,000 talents. Now listen, 10,000 talents is the equivalent of millions of dollars of debt. If my calculation is correct, it's over $5 million in today's currency. And they, actually, I think it's billions. It's a ton of money. Each of those, that, that is pounds and pounds and pounds and pounds of gold. And so he goes through this process of what should have happened and that he could have sold his children and his wife and himself into slavery because it still wouldn't have repaid the debt, but he owed him lives and everything, and it says he forgave the debt. But then this is us. This is us in our lives. But when that same servant who owed multi-millions, if not billions of dollars, went out, he found someone who owed him about $10,000. Now, I don't know about you, but $10,000 is a lot of money to me. And if you owe me $10,000, I want that money. I guess only three people is going to tell the truth today. We said it ain't lying, so we're allowed to tell the truth. I want $10,000 if you owe it to me. However, if I had the recollection that I had just been freed of millions of dollars that was impossible for me in my entire lifetime to ever pay back, it's interesting that he began to choke him saying, pay what you owe. And I don't think this was like a nice choke or a quiet pay what you owe. And it says his fellow servant pleaded with him, have patience with me and I'll pay you back. And he refused and put him in prison until he could pay that $10,000. And when the fellow servants saw what, he had, what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. And it says the master summoned him and said, you wicked servant, I forgave you. forgave you all that debt because you asked me because you pleaded with me so should not you have had mercy on your fellow man on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you and this is what Jesus said and in anger his master delivered him now I need y'all to know this is a picture of righteous anger this isn't a picture of fits of rage like I get in when I get mad at you because you had one more shot and you didn't do what I said. This is a picture of what righteousness and holiness in God looks like. That he loves you so deeply he can't let you sit in what you sit in and wallow and stay where you are. And it says he delivered him to the jailers until he should pay back all his debt. Now, I don't know if y'all understand this part of scripture. I believe probably a lot of you do, but I just need y'all to know this is not possible. This is no longer a number that is, is possible to quantify or 
be able to repay because I can never repay all the wrong that I've done. But I want to tell you again, the reason that I'm separated from God is not all my sin, but because of my unbelief. Because I've given God this ability to do things for me or told God he has access to do things in me, but not realize that what I really need is just God with me. That what I miss most on this life and in the days to come is not the power of God doing magic and supernatural things through me, but just dwelling, living. I just think of the words of David this morning when I was praying that I will dwell in the house of the Lord in Psalm 23. You know, I've always thought that meant heaven, but I'm starting to believe with all my heart that means here and now. Because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Can I just tell y'all something? It is impossible to serve God and dwell comfortably with intimacy with God every single day and be choked out with unforgiveness. Impossible. Because what I'm doing when I'm holding them, him, in unforgiveness, it's not lying. It's not saying that it's okay. I don't have to lie to myself and say I need to love what they did. But when I hold someone else in contempt of court, choking them out after what they did 20 years ago, because being abused is not okay, but you continuing to be abused because you keep bringing it up, that's not okay either. And once I've received the fullness of the forgiveness of God, it's hard for me to choke people out anymore. Because I look at my own sin, my own life, and my own ways and go, why would a God who's never sinned, who sent his son to die on my behalf, why would you look at me and want to call me son, not call me scum? Why would you not want to bring it back up? You choose to not recall what I've done. It's impossible for you to forget it, so you have to consciously choose not to bring it up. But that's your great love. And I don't feel guilt and pressure not to bring it up anymore. I want to walk in the freedom of God. I just need y'all to know what I believe the last lie is. That forgiveness should be reconciliation. I've been told in my life by pastors and counselors, you can stop forgiving because they're not going to receive it. You can stop forgiving because they're not asking for forgiveness. Reconciliation takes two, but forgiveness is all about you. Reconciliation takes two, but forgiveness is all about you. Now watch this. This is for the rest of your life. Somebody needs to hear this right now. Reconciliation is a two-person game. Both people have to have the controller in their hand. But forgiveness is a one-player game. You're by yourself in forgiveness. But when reconciliation starts, both players are in, in the forgiveness game. You better not miss this. God's already played the game. And he's seated. God doesn't get back up and go, praise me. They finally figured it out. 
Some of y'all will get that when you get home. Praise me. The forgiveness has already been purchased. But you can't be reconciled until you tango because it takes two to tango. Forgiveness has already been purchased and everything that was ever needed to be done has been done. The blood was shed on the cross and every drop of blood that was shed was not shed in vain but was shed on purpose for you and I. And for every one of them out there that need forgiveness. But can I tell you why this world doesn't believe that God can forgive them? Because some of you have never forgiven them. They don't believe that, he, that I'm forgivable because I've not ever been forgiven. They've wanted reconciliation. I'm talking about people far from God right now. And we've held them in contempt thinking, you better give me back what I'm owed. Here's what I believe. God will give me everything that I'm owed and then some because he promises that he will. Give and it will be given to you. So some of you need to finish this right now by not going out and forgiving them, but by receiving forgiveness and having reconciliation take place in your own life. What does he say? If we confess our he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Why? Because he already paid for it. And so before you go out and try to make it right with them, some of y'all need to make it right with him. Because he said the purpose was that he could reconcile us to himself. That's why he did what he did. We were his, and we were separated because of what we've done. But we stay separated because we don't receive it. So I need somebody in here to receive it for the first time today. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And some of you have never understood why you need it. But why you need it is because until you receive it, you'll never have reconciliation in your own heart. You'll never be restored fully. You'll never feel full. You'll never feel like you have life. But to those who receive, he gives the right to be called children of God. Today, you can be restored into the family by letting this two-way street happen. God's already done his part, but you've got to receive yours. Will you bow your head? I need to know who it is in this room that needs to receive forgiveness right now. I believe it's a bunch of you. I'm going to be bold right now and say this is not one person or two people. This is several. If you are not bold enough right now to throw your hand in the air and say, I'm so tired of running and not being forgiven, I'm ready to receive the forgiveness of God. I don't believe that you get one more shot. I believe this is your shot right now. God's looked at you and given you so many chances because of this moment. And I'm ready to be fully restored. I'm ready for my life to begin brand new right now by receiving and trusting in Jesus Christ. This is my moment. I trust Jesus. I believe in him. And today I receive his forgiveness. If that's you, come on, just throw your hand up in this room. I believe there's many of you. I want to know who's first. Who's willing to say, I want to receive the forgiveness of God. Come on. I'm ready to receive the forgiveness of God right now. I'm trusting him as my Lord and Savior. I believe that Jesus died and rose again. And he is now my Savior and my friend. Come on. Who is it in this room? Thank you. Keep your hand raised. Keep your hand raised. Who else? Come on. I believe there's more. We have one bold person that's raised their hand, but I believe there's more of you. Who wants to receive the forgiveness of God right now? Praise the Lord. I just want you to know, ma'am, I'm so proud of you. I know what you've walked in. I know what you've questioned and wondered 
And I just want you to know, I and we are so proud of you. Can we celebrate together right now? Come on, somebody. So proud. I want y'all to just look this way. We're going to finish with this. I get to baptize one person this service in just a second, and I'm going to let her leave right now. By the way, if you want to get baptized, the water's warm. It's our step of obedience. It's our first step. The Bible says, repent, ask for forgiveness, and then turn and follow me, and then be baptized. That's our first commandment as a Christian. If you've never been baptized, don't get frustrated that you're not living your fullest life because you've walked straight out of obedience. So somebody needs to get baptized today. But for everybody else, listen to me. I don't want to embarrass you, but I know a bunch of you have some unforgiveness in your heart. I know a bunch of you, if you've lived with your spouse for a long time, he's getting on my nerves, join the club. <laughs> but the only way to be a forgiver is to remind yourself every day how much you're forgiven. And to not lie to yourself and to not beat yourself up when you don't feel warm and fuzzy. But I'm going to tell you right now, the only way you can have a good home is if you forgive like crazy every day. The only way that you can get along with people that get on your nerves is if you forgive like crazy, even when they keep getting on your nerves. And the only way you can walk in freedom in Christ Jesus is if you forgive much because you've been loved much. So God, I feel the burden in this room of many people. And I pray that as they leave in a few minutes after we sing and baptize and close the service out in an amazing way, that you will strengthen them to forgive and forgive and forgive and realize forgiveness is a process that has to keep on keeping on. So God, change our hearts every day and remind us how much we're forgiven. In Jesus, and everybody said, amen. Y'all stand and sing.